Our meditation for this 24th Sunday after Trinity is on our Old Testament reading. Hear the word of our Lord from Isaiah chapter 51, verses 9 through 16. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake, as in days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces, who pierced the dragon? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the depths of the sea a way for the redeemed to pass over? And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I, I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you are afraid of a man who dies? Of the Son of Man who is made like grass, and have forgotten the Lord your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, and you fear continually all the day because of the wrath of the oppressor when he sets himself to destroy? And where is the wrath of the oppressor? He who is bowed down shall speedily be released. He shall not die and go down to the pit, neither shall his bread be lacking. I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, You are my people. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Now grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the power of God that he created the entirety of the universe. With but a single word he made light to shine, galaxies to form, and indescribably vast quantities of matter to simply materialize out of nothing whatsoever. The physicists have proclaimed that nature abhors a vacuum. This is only because nature's creator agrees. Looking upon the absence of the reality that we know today, he decided at one point upon his throne to declare no more. And so he began creating. And it took him only six days to do so, not even having to lift a finger, but only speaking the word to make our existence happen. This is the power of God that not only did he create all that we know, he also demonstrates his complete mastery over it. As the children of Israel left their oppressors in Egypt, he parted the Red Sea. About 61 billion gallons of water submitted to him as he forced the sea to form columns as if they were made of concrete. The ground on which the Israelites walked in that moment was not even wet, showing that our Lord can control the little details just as much as the big ones when he wants to. Our God can make the sun stand still in the sky, make the moon bleed, rearrange molecules and force oceans of water to fall from the sky. He can make trees fly into the stratosphere, create sinkholes that swallow up everything above them, and change the temperature to whatever he wishes. 
The sun rises in the morning only at his permission, and the seasons do not dare go out of order without his consent. This is the power of God, that no threat may arise against him. The dragon Rahab raged and swirled the waters, but our Lord pierced it, leaving the foolish ones who worshipped it humiliated. There is no enemy which may rise up against he who created all things. The devil may rage at God, but he does so impotently. Man may shake his fist at our Lord, but all that happens in that moment is a storing up of further wrath. God does not accept competition from any being, and this is not on account of some perceived threat or ego trip. It is simply the case that it is impossible to compete with God or assault him in any meaningful way. The one who spoke the universe into being can just as easily speak anything out of existence or out of life if he so chooses. This is the power of God. Nothing is impossible for him. There will never be a time in which you can accurately say, Dear Lord, it is impossible for you to do this. You can't do that. He is the undisputed king of all creation. No one can tell him no. Isaiah's oracle reminds us of this fact. God is all-powerful, and the prophet appeals to his miraculous acts on behalf of Israel. What do we do about God's great and limitless power? This sounds like a silly question to ask. If God is almighty, then it is he who does things with his power, not us. But knowing all of this merits a response from us, at least in how we understand the deity that we worship. Yet we cannot answer this question in any meaningful way if we only know about his omnipotence. Perhaps someone shall say we ought to fear him, lest he undo us. We must obey his every commandment, seek to please him, and put his watchful eye into account before we make any decision whatsoever. This is reasonable, beloved. After all, if someone can merely blink at you and send you into the fires of hell forever, then it is a simple and accurate conclusion to be terrified. But is that all there is? Should there be nothing but terror in our hearts when we consider the omnipotence of the Almighty God? Shall we flee, beg, and labor for all eternity because of his presence? If all we knew was his power, then this would indeed be the answer. We should be afraid of him to the point where we could never feel joy again. Joy could make him displeased. Happiness might make him angry. On the other hand, so could sorrow, which might show a lack of gratitude. And since there is nothing you and I can do to offer this deity something that he lacked before, we ought to despair as well, since we shall never be good enough to offer him anything of value. Behold, taking his omnipotence, and only his omnipotence, renders our religion such that the most impoverished Hindu untouchable would not envy us in the slightest. Thankfully, this is not the case.
because God is not just his power, he is also his love. This is the love of God that saves the downtrodden. He has compassion on those who are beaten down, enslaved, frustrated, and tightly controlled by those who hate them. He promises to deliver them from their torment. The same infinite power which terrifies us, he uses to deliver the captive and the unjustly convicted prisoner. He cares for those carried off to bondage. This is not to say that God has some topsy-turvy victimhood morality, or that he loves the poor and the weak more than he loves the rich and the strong. To the contrary, he has already blessed the rich and the strong out of his love for them. But in this world, the rich and the strong do not do what God does with his riches and strength. Instead, they victimize the widow and the orphan, take advantage of them, and make their circumstances worse. There are many cases when the downtrodden have no advocate from the upper classes. God steps in to fill in the void that mankind creates. And he knows that you and I are unloved by the world. So he sent his only son to fill in the void, caring for those who are poor in spirit. This is the love of God that brings back the captives. He delivered the Israelites in the Exodus. He rose up judges and kings to liberate them from hostile nations. And he returned the exiles of Judah from Babylon. Those who are taken from their homes, those who have homes but suffer under the pain of invasion, where no one is there to restore them, our Lord restores them. He shows compassion on the victims of war, no matter how beaten down they are. So too did he restore us to what we were supposed to be, promising us a home in heaven after being taken into bondage by sin, death, and the devil. This is the love of God that he fights for those who belong to him. When the worshippers of Rahab were sucked into false worship, he destroyed the serpent. After the Egyptians strove to kill off the Israelites, he drowned their army. When the forces of Philistia, Moab, Ammon, Syria, Midian, Amalek, Edom, and so many more oppressed and attacked his people, he fought against all these nations. His great strength shatters unrighteous empires. His power destroys idols. Any threat to his church will eventually be met with the fiery judgment that properly belongs to the jealous God who yearns for his people. And so, as men and women whom he created for eternal life and fellowship with him, he has shown us his love by sending his son to defeat the devil and his servants. One day he shall do so for good. And he continues to fight our battles by ensuring the continuation of the faith. Of all the men who have tried to extinguish Christianity, none have succeeded. Beloved, God has declared thus from our reading, I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, establishing the heavens 
and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. You are part of his Zion, belonging to the heavenly Jerusalem, which shall one day manifest here on earth. He says to you today that you belong to him and thus have no need to live in the spiritual destitution of slave religions, which are based only in fear of powerful deities. Instead, today, he says to you that his almighty and infinite power are for you. He uses his might not to judge and slay and destroy and punish you, but to bless and protect and perfect and deliver you. He is for you to deliver you from the slings and arrows which injure you and I today. He has promised deliverance. But this is where we have our answer. What do we do and believe in response to his omnipotence? First, we rejoice, because his power is used on behalf of his people. Then, we call upon him and ask for what he has promised, just as the prophet Isaiah does. Our Lord wants us to appeal to his gracious strength because he wants us to rely on him and trust him enough to pray. And this leads us to the third thing. We must trust in this God. To believe him when he says he has the power to save. And to not let mortal men and mortal oppressors and those who go after the flesh to worry our hearts but rather to place our salvation in his hands and say, You are almighty God, and you love me. Save me, for I am yours. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.